Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Hope you had a great weekend. Well, with all that's going on, I hope you've been able to pace yourself and not spend as much time in the news as you are in the Word of God, our foundation on the truth. And uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, Let's open in prayer. I can't wait to get to our guest today and just to get his insight and just on what's going on not only in the country, but especially in the church. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you, God, first of all, for saving us. Thank you for giving us a way to come to you and to invite us to your throne to come boldly, to receive mercy and grace when we need it. And we sure do need it now, Father, some of us more than others. And I pray that you'd be able to help us manage our time and balance this intake of all the noise and the chaos and the division and the deception that's going on. Help us to be, help us, our feet to be on solid ground, Lord, on the rock of Christ. And Lord, uh, lead us one day at a time as we know if we are here, today, alive and well, you know we have a purpose, and you've given us your word. You've given us hope that can't be taken from us, and you've given us people in our lives that we need to impact, that we need to love. Sometimes we need to forgive, but Lord, you've given us a sphere of influence. God, help us to be faithful. Help us to obey, and we lift this time up to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest today, Seiko Woods, is back with us. He's my Christian brother from Texas. He's a conservative, thank God. (laughs) He's a biblical counselor, husband, father, former pastor and YouTuber. He's a fellow soldier of Christ and a patriot. He brings a unique perspective on the black community, the church, and our culture, and we're glad to have him back today. Seiko, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Brother, thank you, Dave, for having me. You're welcome. So much to talk about. So there's always, every day there's going to be some another news story, another twist in this election chaos and the results and uh, the lawsuits. There's going to be court cases. There are going to be people that are fighting this. There's going to be people on our streets causing more, wreaking more havoc, causing more problems. And, and we're just praying. We have to remember to pray for police officers and those who are in law enforcement because we're going to enter in some tough times here in America. Overall, before we get into some of the questions I have for you, what's your overall perspective on just, the, I guess, the heartbeat of the country and especially the church, other than the obvious, and that is we are so divided, aren't we? Yeah, uh, it's not looking good. Um, you know, if you're not rooted and grounded in the Word as you prayed uh, just a moment ago, it can lead you to be discouraged and depressed, Um uh, and even question, you know, where is God? But we know that God is on the throne, and we know that there's nothing that surprises Him. Uh, this this uh, election cycle that we are dealing with right now, and and um, and what people may be going through, it doesn't surprise God. God is in control. He ordains all things uh, for His purpose and for His glory. Uh, but you know, as human beings, we do uh, have feelings, and, and we have to fight our uh, our feelings, and we have to walk by faith and not by feelings, or not by what we see or by sight. 
Well, one thing I want to share, and amen to that, what you just said, Philippians 3.8, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Philippians 3.8, it's not complicated. Um, we have to put him first, and we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to us. Um, it's hard to do that, though, Seiko. We are very, yes. we are blessed in this beautiful country we live in, America. But at the same time, we take our freedoms and this way of life for granted, and it's hard. It's hard not to. This is all we've known, most of us. If you're not from a foreign country, this is all we've known: the freedoms and the blessings we have, the Constitution, our the great sacrifice our founders went through, right. and here we are with so many young people, generations of kids, growing up with an anti-American viewpoint. Some of them, I would go so far as to say, as hating America. Can we just talk about the education system before we get into some of these questions on what's going on politically and in our government? That that for Christians, that is a problem that kids are being raised not knowing true history and not with, with actually taught the opposite of a biblical worldview. Yeah, well, it starts in the home. They don't have an appreciation for what they have because it starts who, who uh, they're under in the in the household. Um, you know, I'm reminded of, of Deuteronomy 6. Education starts in the home. Mm, um, it, it starts with the parents. It's, and then primarily it starts with the fathers. Um, so when you when you have people who are uh, that don't have gratitude, a person that's complaining, a person that thinks that you, they're owed something, uh, that starts at home, man. I just really believe Amen. that. I'm not saying that you're not going to have children that you can you can raise children to uh, in, in the things of God and they still go astray. But for the most part, what we see that's going on in, in our country today, Dave, we have a society, we have a generation of ungrateful, spoiled. Uh, rebellious kids because their parents did not teach them to fear God. And yes. so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Well, what do we get knowledge? We get knowledge from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have God, you don't have knowledge, you definitely don't have wisdom. So you walk, we walk around, we have a whole bunch of stupid people walking around here on this planet thinking that they know more than God. Mm. A lot of people are thinking that they, that they can figure out life on their own. Therefore, when things go awry, look at how they respond. So you live in the in the most powerful country in the world, have all the blessings and all of the benefits that people are trying to sneak over here, Dave, to get. Mm -hmm. People are complaining about life on their iPhones. People are complaining about life <laughs> on their iPads. People are complaining about about life on the Androids, which I believe comes from heaven, but that's another that's another topic for another time. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have people that are complaining about how they're going through and how they're being oppressed on their computer devices, in their air-conditioned houses, in their, uh, uh, in their plush palaces and, and in their gated communities. And we're acting as though God has not done more than what he had to do for us, number one, by saving us. So this whole attitude of, of, of this, this, this grudging and, and begrudging and, and, and acting as though you know, life owes us something. Mm -hmm. Man, it starts at the home, Dave. Yes. It starts at the home, and we, we have a people who hate our country. And, I, and this, this, here's my advice. Here's my advice. And I'm just going, I mean, this is free, too, by the way. <laughs> um, 
for those of you who know someone that knows someone who knows someone, maybe even that you may be the one, um, if you don't like it here, here's a simple, here's a simple remedy to, to the whole problem. Leave. You're free to leave. You, you are free to leave this country. You don't have to stay here. It's just like, why would you be in a bad relationship? I mean, if this country is that bad, I don't know why anybody want to stay somewhere where they don't feel that they're being treated right. Just leave. I guarantee there'll be 10 more people that would love to take their place. Yeah, a lot more than that. And here's the, the thing is, they won't leave. But what they'll do is try to change the country and mold it to their own worldview, which is a godless, secular worldview, and they'll try to mold it into a world without God. When you said, I don't remember how you, you put it about kids growing up in, the, in these schools, if they're not raised well in Christian homes, they're going to lose their faith, walk away from their faith. We've seen it, over 80%. It seems like we've got a problem because they're not taught, first of all, the Word of God, secondly, true history, and they are their own gods. This is the problem. When man becomes God, then government obviously has the answer, so then government becomes God. Now, friends, we are going to get to voter fraud, election results, and get Seiko's take on the black community and uh, the support for President Trump. Um, but before we do that, you mentioned Deuteronomy. I think that's good to go back to here as we lay a foundation in this podcast today. You mentioned Deuteronomy 6. Well, starting in verse 4, yeah. it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then here we go, instructions for parents. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart you shall teach them diligent, diligently to your children and shall talk of them. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So you're supposed to instruct your children in the word of God. And it mentions everything except for eating and going to the bathroom. So any other time you're supposed to talk and teach your children the word of God. Seiko, your thoughts on just... We've gotten away from the importance of Christian yeah. parents building that in their kids. Yeah, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to piggyback on that because also lining with uh, Deuteronomy 6, we remember we have the first uh, and second greatest commandment, which is in Matthew 22. Jesus says this, that what is, it, what is, it, what is the uh, greatest commandment? He says, verse 37, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Mm. The first, this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second, Jesus says, is like it. You shall love your neighbor, here it is, Dave, as yourself. I tell people all the time, um, people don't have low self-esteem. No, they, they, they don't. They don't have low self-esteem. Because we think about ourselves more than we think about anybody else. Yeah. Dave, when you woke up this morning, did you brush your teeth and somebody else's teeth? Did you just brush yours? I brushed my own. Okay. Yeah, so, so you was worrying about your breath stinking before anybody else's breath, right? So we, we, we always think about ourselves and how we take care of ourselves mm -hmm. and how we are going to protect ourselves. So, so but, but Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. So when I see a society of people that want to take away from others that they themselves did not work for, you're not loving your neighbor as yourself, because how would you like that to be done to you? And didn't Jesus also say, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? We call it the golden rule, but the, 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 it's, it's true. So you have people that are not being taught the things of God, and it shows how they, pe how they treat people who are either in the family of God or outside the family of God. So just because a person is not saved, it does not mean we don't give them respect. 
It does not mean that we don't treat them with value, dignity, and worth. Why? Because they're still made in the Imago day, and they have just as much intrinsic value and worth and dignity and should be given respect and should be treated fairly, just like you and I want to be treated fairly as well. But that is not happening in our society today. People mm-hmm. are planning. People are acting as though this country is still racist. It's a lie. Uh, matter of fact, Roland Fryer, uh, he's a sociologist. He said that America is the least racist country in the world, and it's been given more opportunities to black people, to black people, yes, than any other ethnic group. Now, right. look at all of the look, look. Look at what we have. Look at what we have just as black people here in this country. Um, and how is it if, if if this country is so racist? And, and this is debatable because I tell people that Barack Obama is not the first black president because his mama was white and his daddy was black. <laughs> so we can't keep talking about. But any see, I, see, you didn't get me on a, on a, on a, on a, on a road now, Dave. So now, so but if you want to go with that argument, that's fine. But we had a black, we had two black AGs. We have black congressmen. We we have black uh, uh, law enforcement officers. We even have the, the uh, uh, black. Uh, well, I mean, AGs, but we have, we have all these people of color, black folk, in positions of influence and power. Why are our communities still looking like trash? And we can go back decades and say, I mean, look at look at uh, like BET, Black Entertainment Television. I mean, Mark, I mean, hasn't he the the CEO? Hasn't he been there for Bob de- decades? Bob Johnson. Yes. Yeah. What about the Bob NFL? Johnson. What about what about the NFL, NBA? Uh, you know, all these all these pro sports leagues. They're Pre- predominantly black, and they're making a few extra dollars than you and I are. Entertainers, <laughs> entertainers, yeah. Entertainers. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. So we, we, what, why is it that you make as far as buying power? Uh, it was it was polled, and I believe we talked about this in another broadcast. Uh, that if 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 black people had their own country, we'd be right number thirteen of either between the, uh, right number thirteen of, or. Fourteen, maybe sixteen at the at the at the at the, at the highest uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. If we had our own country, that's how much buying power uh, black people have. But but we we act as though we are oppressed, and now we, we're we're in this election season where people are being sold a bill of goods too, David. That you know, our president is a racist. Uh, uh, he he hates black people. Um, um, we, we're worse off. Under under President Trump than we were uh, under Obama, and I'm saying, I said, what what planet did you exactly uh, just fly in here on? Well, and, well, as a matter of fact, yeah, I, I'm going to make my point. Tavis Smiley, I don't know if you know who Tavis Smiley is. Tavis yes. Smiley is, is is a far left wing. He's 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 far from being conservative. He's left wing. He's so left that uh, even uh, Tom Joyner, who used to have his own show. He don't deal with him anymore because he finally decided to think just independently and say that he would have to admit, as you can look it up, he had to admit that uh, that black people, the conditions of black people, are far worse under President Obama than ever before. He said that. Wow. And he, that, that was during the Obama administration, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about that, Seiko. Let's transition here. We've got five minutes, four minutes before we have to take our first break and talk about a little bit about the election. Uh, Joe Biden has made some incredibly racist 
comments. By the way, if you want to get a little bit more insight on what Seiko was just talking about, the last couple podcasts we did together, um, you can talk, we were talking about American sports, Black Lives Matter, also the national anthem and our national divide. Those are the two previous podcasts with Seiko. Um, just to get people triggered a little bit in the Midwest and down there where you're at in Texas, on February 25th, now this is aside from the racist comments that Biden said, and you can address those if you want, Seiko, but the, the people are, they're not on a different planet. They're on a planet and in a country where they only have a one-party media, so they're not going to hear the bad things that their Democrat right. guy says. On February 25th this year, Joe Biden said, gun manufacturers, if I'm elected, I'm coming for you. So this is our Second Amendment. So I just woke up a lot of people who said, wait a minute. I didn't know Biden right. wanted to limit our guns or registrations or do anything like that. Well, come on. So yeah, th th there's so many people, yeah, as Kamala Harris especially, there's people simply are not paying attention. Go. You've got three minutes. Huh. Well, number, number one, um, should this man be elected into office? Um, yes, the Second Amendment will be will be threatened. It 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 only be by God's grace if if you know if the courts are not packed, if our rights are not taken away, um, uh, because you know when a person makes a threat, we, we should believe him. I don't think we should you know downplay it um, because you know just look at his just look at his history. This man has made racist statements. This man says if you don't know who, who to vote for between me or Donald Trump, then you ain't black. He told that. To black people yep. on the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the God in particular. Yep. Now, not only that, he said black people are monolithic compared to Hispanic folk. It's like Paul told the Corinthians when he was when he was responding to the Corinthians and their and their love and uh, and and just you know adoration of false teachers. He said, "Look, man, you you guys just just take these false teachers and whether they insult you, take advantage of you, even if they smack you in the face, you put up with it." How much more do black people have to deal with and realize that you're being played and you're being suckered and played play for chumps, as he called Biden, called people that were, you know, supporters of Trump. He called, he called us chumps. Yep. Um, so how much more of an insult do people have to take before people say, you know what, maybe I should look elsewhere. I mean, why do I have to put up with abuse? What, what is it that this man has done for the black community? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about outside of his... Uh, authoring the 94 crime bill if you want to consider that as an accomplishment i i need i need you to come to the office we can pray for you <laughs> yes <laughs> well we we pray for our leaders anyway we pray for them to get saved i prayed for obama all eight years and some of my christian friends i admittedly right. maybe liberal christian friends they said how how do you know he's not saved I'm going, okay, did, have you seen his policies? Have you seen what he's done to the White House when he lit it up in rainbow colors? Have you, see, have you seen what he did for the abortion industry and big business, Planned Parenthood? Have you seen his policies? And they won't even talk to you. They put their hand up. They don't want to go there. And this is what I don't get. So, Seiko, we're going to take our break in a minute. Uh, you, you commented on an article I wrote where I laid out, uh, if Christians vote policy over personality, Trump will win. Well, I know there's a court battle going on. In fact, I purposely didn't look at the news today. I want to try to just let it play out. I know there's going to be court cases. I know there's going to be a lot of unrest in some of our city streets. And we talked about that uh, last week with uh, Scott Lively, by the way. He's in a former Antifa uh, thug in, from Portland, and he's been saved, praise God, doctor and lawyer and pastor now for decades. But we talked about all that. 
But just look, it's a worldview war. This is what it keeps coming back to, and I think that's the theme of this podcast, Seiko. It's a worldview war. I'm not saying the Republicans are all Christians, that they're all Bible-believing, but I'm, I'm also not saying all Democrats are demonic or hateful or um, against Christ. But if you just look at the policies and the platforms being promoted, you can put two and two together. It's not that hard. Uh, So when we come back, we'll talk about that. We'll get in depth on that, talk a little bit about the voter fraud, what happened during the election with the black community, and more with Seiko Woods on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We are with Seiko Woods today. We're glad to have him back on the air. Now we're going to make a little transition. The theme of this seems to be the difference in two worldviews, contrasting worldviews. And I'm just not talking about Democrats and Republicans. This has seeped into the church. But patriot pastors, where have all the soldiers of Christ gone who will take a stand? I think of Joshua 24:15 that says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, my house, we will serve the Lord. So Seiko, I want to get your help right now to encourage men of God and and pastors, leaders, ministry leaders, to commit to confronting evil and exposing the darkness. I pray that they are teaching sound doctrine. I pray that they are equipping the saints for ministry. But nothing is worse than leaders who tell people how to live on Sunday but can't tell them how to vote because it's too complicated. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, number one, we're, we're, to teach, we're to teach God's people the whole counsel of God. That's from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. We, we find people like Daniel. We find people like Nehemiah. We, we find people in the Scripture. We find people like Paul, who knew their rights as citizens, who knew the laws of the land, like the men of Issachar in Chronicles, who knew their times so that they knew how to respond. They understood the times. So just, and here's the thing also, Christ, Christ saved us, God called us, and didn't take us out of the world when he saved us. He right. called us to be salt and light. Amen. So if he called us to be salt and light, then, David, that's, that's, in, that's in Matthew chapter 5, for those who need to know, verse 13 to 16. We, we, we're, we're, we're the salt of the earth, we're the light of the world. And God says, he, doesn't, he, didn't, he don't give us these properties. Salt purifies, salt preserves. Mm-hmm. But you know what else salt does? Uh, salt has a distinctive particular taste. Whatever salt touches, David, it, it, it brings flavor to it. Yes. So, but also when salt is not salty, the Bible says it's good for nothing, but to be trampled on the foot of men. Wow. God says we're, 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 we're lights in the world. We're providing illumination and direction. The light penetrates. So when we are in this dark world, we should have an effect, whether being salt and light. We should have an effect in our society. We should have an effect in our community. We should have an effect in our family. We should have an effect in our churches. But the problem is we have pastors that are just focusing. They're, 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 they're just so, what's the word I want to look for? I'm trying to be nice when it comes to pastors. I really am, David. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, cut them some um, slack. But, 
But when it comes when it comes to some pastors, and I know some of them, they're so singular focused, and they're not being watchmen. Mm. They're not watching the wolves Amen. from within and without. Yes, preaching the gospel is not just about talking about the event: Jesus dying on the cross, Jesus coming from from heaven, being being clothed in human flesh, being perfect, sinless, born of a virgin, died on the cross, suffered at the hands of evil men and rising on the third day. It's more than that. It's more than an event. It's the effect. What did the cross of Christ do? How does the cross of Christ affect your thinking, your way of life, how you talk, how you engage with this godless culture? How do you treat your loved ones, your family, your, even your enemies? How does the gospel affect you? Well, we see this in Scripture. When the gospel in, invades the human soul, it changes the whole disposition of a man. How can you claim to be connected to the true vine? How can you be, how can you claim to be connected and be transformed by this life-giving power of God and there's no change? How can I say that I'm a shepherd if I'm not feeding the flock of God? I'm not giving them wisdom and insight and instruction. The proverb says, know the conditions of your flock and of your herd. Mm. We should know when we, when we come amongst God's people, we should have a sense of, understanding and, and, and taking a temperature and the pulse of the people that God has entrusted in our care. Let me give you an example. Paul talks about this in the Corinthians, with the Corinthian church. Two letters that Paul uh, uh, writes to the church that we have here in the canon, he says, now concerning the things which you wrote, why would Paul say that? Well, it presupposes that the people of God reached out to Paul regarding issues of marriage, mm -hmm. regarding issues of lawsuits, regarding issues of sex, regarding issues of... So Paul says, now concerning the things which you wrote, they reached out to the apostle regarding issues that affected the church. Are you telling me now we are 20 centuries or 21 centuries removed, and we have all these issues going on in our society, and all pastors are called to do is just preach the gospel? I call that a spiritual dereliction of duty. Hmm. You're not on your wall when you're not seeing what's going on around your people and all you are giving them. And, and, and listen, I'm all for expository preaching. I'm, just, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Yes. I'm an expository myself. But I, I, I'm very careful. or I, I get concerned that when I hear people tell me that um, we just preach, you know, book, 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 you know, book by book. We don't, you know, we just go through each book. Well, wait a minute. So, what if there's a crisis going on in your church, and you're in the book of Matthew? And what if Matthew don't address that? You want to just stay in the book of Matthew till all 28 chapters are are done, or are you going to do like I like I do? And I know some other pastors do. I call it the Bible bus. I get off the Bible bus. And I deal with this particular issue. If it's an issue that, that, that deserves attention, I believe that the Word of God is able to address each and every issue affecting man. The Bible says he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So if there's an issue going on in our church, hmm. if there's an issue going on amongst God's people, pastors should be sensitive and discerning enough, David, to say, wait a minute. I know we were going through, uh, I don't know, we were going through uh, Nehemiah. But this is not what the Spirit of God is impressing upon my heart to deal with right now, because there, there, there are issues that's going on amongst the, the people of God that deserves an answer. And unfortunately, we're, going, we're getting into this, this, this political climate and this election, and people need to be able to be equipped to think biblically. 
we, the Bible talks about how we are to abstain from every form of evil. So as Christians, Dave, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I need to equip God's sheep, because they don't mind, they're God's sheep. Yes. How to think biblically. Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about children? What does the Bible say about borders? What does the Bible say about uh, 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 sexuality or homosexuality or uh, uh, consumerism or socialism? I mean, whether it's, whether it's in, in, in clear, direct, precept or principle, what does the Bible say about this? So it, it requires the men of God to know what God's Word says so that they can equip the people of God to do what God's Word says to do. Uh, last time we had you on, Seiko, we were talking, it might have been the time before that, we talked about Black Lives Matter. This coming Wednesday, we are going to do a whole show on critical race theory. Why? Because it is a dangerous deception that's going to divide people, including Christians. And we've got to talk about these things in the church. We can't let the culture program our kids. And if we're not addressing these issues and explaining what the dangers are. We've got to expose these and explain them from a biblical perspective, but oftentimes that's not happening. Um, one of the most controversial messages that I ever shared and preached was last July. Uh, something about uh, how should Christians respond to lawlessness, Black Lives Matter, and racism, or, or accusations of racism. And so this is a problem we're dealing with today when the churches, some churches aren't addressing it, and other church leaders are blocking arms with the globalists, the Black Lives Matter movement. The, the, and there's some, they're Marxists. Now, whenever there is a socialist, Marxist, communist movement, you know it's go, it goes against God, meaning it's a godless system. And we're coming right back to that theme, Seiko. It's a worldview issue, one with God and one without God. Now, let's talk about the elections, the Democrat Party platform. I look at that and I say, okay, that's a godless platform. There may be some good things in there, whether it's something to do with health care or how they want to help the poor, some good things. But overall, I'm looking at some major issues with that. And I go, wow. So the Republican platform protects life, family, the, upholds the Constitution, marriage, and the justices and the, the justice system, law and order. So now let's talk about Joe Biden and the support he got from the black community. And I, I should have pulled up a couple articles before I got you on the, the air today, but I noticed that over on a couple different uh, uh, websites, I'm looking at the lack of white evangelicals that supported Joe Biden. And let me just give you guys the numbers. It's kind of astounding. In this election, only 14% of white evangelicals supported Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton got 16% of white evangelicals. Why? Bible-believing Christians are generally, generally driven by values, moral values, and specific public policy rather than partisanship or personality or someone like a Donald Trump. So this is from the Faith and Freedom Coalition. They put out a poll, and how much supported Donald Trump? 81% of white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. Now, the black community and Hispanic communities went more in favor of Donald Trump than Joe Biden. Could you explain whatever you know, whatever insights you might be able to share from that perspective, Seiko? Yeah, I was going to, I'll mention this. You know, uh, usually black people uh, prior to... Uh, maybe 20, 30 years, were conservative. 
I mean, they didn't they didn't get down with homosexuality. They didn't get down with all this stuff that we see going on in the black community today. Um, so <clears throat> what's interesting, what you mentioned now, is that support for Donald Trump doubled. I believe I saw an article, uh, 46% of, of black people uh, support or, or or he has uh, Donald Trump has a higher approval rating among black people around forty six percent. That's almost fifty percent. That's that's double, if not triple the the, the the amount that people he had before. Maybe I think he had thirteen percent. Maybe give or take the first election. Um, but that's a very significant amount of support coming from the black community for Donald Trump. Yes. Who by the way, who by the way, and I go on record saying this, who's done more for the black community. Than any other president. If you want to add Abraham Lincoln, that's fine. But I wasn't born during that time. I'm talking about now. Um, so he has done more for the black community regarding opportunities, regarding policies. You know why? It, it, it riddle me this, uh, David. Um, <laughs> Barack Obama was president for two terms, was he not? Yes, he was. Eight whole years. Long years. Eight. Yeah, eight whole years. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall any policy, any any benefit that helped the black community in the eight years he, he, he never pardoned anyone uh like a jack johnson or an alice johnson he didn't introduce the first step act he didn't uh create opportunity zones he didn't uh create unemployment at lower at the lowest record of all time for black people um he he did not uh support uh, any of the policies that we see now benefiting the black community, uh, HBCUs, uh, funded for 10 years. Um, I'm, I'm, I can go on and on and on. Yes. We don't have that much time. But my point is, he is being lauded and praised as our first black president, but he didn't do nothing. He did nothing for the black community. As a matter of fact, like I said, in the words of Tavis Smiley, the condition of the black community was far worse. And what you said, all of those things that you mentioned, those are areas where Donald Trump helped the black community, including record low uh, or record record low unemployment. Yes, in record high number of jobs for Hispanics and black the black community. And I know the answer to this, Seiko. The answer is easy, and the listeners of this show, Stand Up for the Truth, know the answer as well. It's the liberal activist media who does not report the truth. Molly Hemingway, great article or interview last week. She said, Americans should consider the media the largest and most unaccountable political activists in the country. See, she said there's many ways a media can rig an election. First of all, by downplaying all of the negatives for their preferred candidate, Joe Biden, uh, or by ignoring all the positives of their disfavored candidate, and that's President Trump, or playing with the polls. We'll get to the polls in a minute, and that's infuriating to me. But let's just talk about how they downplayed the good that Donald Trump did for the black community, Seiko. It's a it's well, actually a uh, disservice to the American people. Yeah, it is. It's a disservice to the American people, and it's an insult to those of us who know the truth yep. because we don't have the platforms like the like the big tech companies and the mainstream media has and so more more of our information that we're trying to disseminate is from a grassroots level or from the platforms that you do have like your show and, and others but when you have the things that donald trump has done you know like case in case in point you know with the first step act mm -hmm. 
Even Van Jones had to admit yes. that that was monumental. You I mean, he probably, was, he probably was tasting blood in his mouth. He probably was <laughs> biting his lips so hard. I'm pretty sure he was biting his tongue in his lip. But, but, but you can't deny the fact because that was a bipartisan agreement in mm-hmm. that the law. But notice how the media covered it. They just glossed over it. They, 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 had to, they had to address it because you had liberals agreeing with conservatives. But after that, they just glossed over it. They wanted to talk about the Russia hoax, which was which was a farce, wasn't true. But we talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Nobody, oh, Hunter, what? Where? That, oh, that's 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 Russia mis disinformation. No, it's not. Um, it's it's true. You have the documents. You have Joe Biden himself talking about a billion dollars. You got six hours, and, and if, I, if, if you don't fire this Ukrainian prosecutor, you're not getting the money. He's on record saying that. Yes. And, on record saying that. Yes. And by the way, there's so much information out there. We, we encourage you guys, go to a trusted search engine and your trusted news sources and look up Hunter Biden, the, the scandal, the corruption, millions of dollars. It's just, it's, it is astounding to me that the media buried that in the month or the weeks leading up to the election. But I want to go back to something, uh, the, the fact that, that Joe Biden got more votes overall than Barack Obama. So we, got, and we said this before we got on the air today, an empty suit. Barack Obama, a man with possibly a dementia, who's aging, who's uh, an awful speaker and, and, and gets tongue-tied and says stupid mm-hmm. things and embarrasses himself, mm-hmm. a lot of gaffes, compared to a Barack Obama who was a brilliant orator, and a very, very cunning and sly, and a, but a great speaker. He had charisma. And you're telling me that a man that they look up to as a god, not only of the Democrat Party, but we're talking idolatry here, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden, a Joe Biden got more votes than him? What is going on with the massive level of voter fraud? I think we need to go there. We've just got a couple yeah. minutes left, Seiko, in this segment. But we really haven't touched on that. We've talked about that last week with John Haller on Thursday and Scott Lively on Friday. And yeah. we talked about these things because this is crazy. The polls had Biden up in at one point by 17 in Wisconsin, up, leading up to the election. And Wisconsin is going into a recount. And so, I mean, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Ohio, all states that Trump won and some in big margins, they had Biden winning those. So the pollsters are part of the Democrat media. In other words, it's a progressive arm of the Democrat Party, the polling industry. We can no longer trust them. I can't tell you guys. I know I'm being redundant. I can't emphasize it enough. Don't trust the liberal media or the polls. And I don't know if that discouraged people from voting or not. What do you think? It probably did, because, again, if it, this is where discernment comes in, man. Um, you know, the Bible tells us we're to test all things. How fast that, which is true. So it, knowing the fact that the media runs all of the uh, all of the information that we get or don't get. Yes. Then when you hear these posters, when you hear these people talk about, you know, he's winning in this state or his, this person has more votes or this person getting all this support in this state. And, and then all you have to do is just then, then look like. You know, if you looked at the campaign trails of both these these, these candidates, or President Trump and 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 and, uh, and Biden, notice President Trump had, had been out there. I mean, you know, look at you saw the crowd, massive rallies, thousands, yes, tens, tens of, of thousands, thousands, yep, right. 
Then when you, <laughs> then when the news turns to Biden and Kamala, you hear horns just blowing and crickets, and you can tell this. <laughs> and, 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 and they refuse to point the camera as well. Yeah, I know. Nope. To turn the camera to the, so notice what that, that that's showing you. Mm-hmm. That's an optical illusion. Yes, they don't want you to see what you know that is true, and they don't want you to see what you hear, because to do that, then it it, it would cause people to, that that want to support them and that are supporting them to be discouraged. Yes. Now, I can't I can't for the life of me understand how anybody. Anybody, this is why I said the sermon is so key and why I'm so upset with the church. How can a person claim to be a Christian and support a man who who endorses policies that are abhorrent to the Word of God? We've got 30 seconds. Uh, 30 seconds. That is a phenomenal question. I want to address that when we get back. How can you, as a Bible-believing Christian, support not a Joe Biden or a Kamala Harris, but these policies that are that go against what scripture teaches we're going to talk about that when we come back on stand up for the truth with seiko woods keep it right here thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast now back to stand up for the truth here's david fiorazzo we are with seiko woods today and now we're, we're going to talk about policy we're going to talk about worldview as we have been this whole podcast we've been talking about worldview and let me just refresh you guys judeo-christian or biblical morality teaches ethics applicable for all times and in all places. Leftism teaches that morality is subjective. Number two, religion puts God above the state. Leftism says the regime is God. Number three, Judeo-Christian ethics say the natural family is essential for social cohesion. Leftists say the family is whatever we say it is, and it's really not that important anyway. Two more. The Judeo-Christian worldview says God created man and woman and intended for them to complement each other. The left says male and female, well, they're meaningless concepts and uh, that to believe otherwise is bigotry. Finally, the Judeo-Christian morality encourages procreation as the first commandment. And leftism says that in a world of global warming and where the concern is the environment, having children is irresponsible and should be limited by law if an individual choice isn't enough. So these are just some of the major contrasting differences. Now let's talk about policy, Seiko. Um, I've got five of the most shocking, and there are a lot, abortion policies of Biden-Harris. These are things they openly support. Anyone who would research and, and do their due diligence could found out any of these, including Democrats supporting aborting babies based on race, sex, or disability. Democrats support taxpayer-funded abortion. They want us to pay, the whole country, to pay for anyone who gets an abortion. Democrats oppose conscientious objections for pro-life medical professionals, and they oppose pregnancy center alternatives. You notice that adoption is hardly ever an option to a Democrat. Um, And then finally, Democrats support late-term abortion methods. This is just one policy issue. I'll let you bring up whatever other policies that you think Christians should be discerning about, Seiko. Um, well, murder is sin. Um, matter of fact, it violates one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. Um, God says in his word that no murderer shall uh, inherit the kingdom of God. No murderer has eternal life abiding in them. Um, the Bible says that we're not to 
endorse or not to line up or not to participate mm. in whatever term you want to use. Yes. Participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. So either expose them. So voting. What I'm about to say. Would, 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 would voting be participating? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. They, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, do not participate. So you go into a voting booth and you know the policies. Notice what we said. We said the policy. I'm not asking for you to endorse the person. We're talking about the policy. That person's policies and what they seek to promote or, pro- or to project or pro- uh, propose as law violates the precepts of God's word. God says, number one, your life don't belong to you, it belongs to him. We're under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So we don't have the right to vote for whoever we want to vote for. I've actually heard people tell me that. Day on my mm. timeline, social media. Uh, so therefore, we're not to participate in anything that is evil. Matter of fact, the Bible says we're to abstain from every form of evil. That, that, that evil has to do with behavior. Evil has to do with actions. Evil has to do with things that will cause others to sin. So how can I be a Christian who claims to love God, but not promote those things that shows my love for God, number one, vertically, and my love for others horizontally, can do that. Mm. So as a Christian, as an ambassador of Christ, I am to say what his word says. I'm to say, no, I can't support that. Not because not because it doesn't fit my party platform. This is not about party platform. This is about the kingdom of God and yes. his platform. Yes. So what God says is what I'm is what I'm standing on. What God says, says and shows in his word is what we're supposed to endorse. So anything or anyone that tries to bring policies or belief systems or ideologies or platforms and try to make it law, if we don't take the word of God and say, how does that line up with the infallible, inerrant word of God, we're not to endorse it, period. Why does it seem like so many people have a hard time with that? I mean, if you talk about everything from abortion to marriage and family to the second, First Amendment, free speech, religious yeah. expression, uh, the Second Amendment, when you talk about Israel, which we hardly ever hear mentioned, but we know the Democrats are really against Israel in many ways. The Republicans have supported Israel. Trump moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, and people yawn. And and he gets Nobel Peace Prize nominations he because, no he's, because he's working out Middle East peace plans, which every president wanted to do but never followed up on or right. was never able to do. Trump does it, and we hear crickets because the media doesn't report it. Friends, I agree with President Trump when he said several years ago that the mainstream media is an enemy of the American people. That sounds harsh. Yeah. I will stand by that. We've got the numbers and the surveys and the the stats to prove it, if you're a Christian especially. Go ahead, Seiko, more policy if you want. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, um, uh, John Kerry, he he tried to say, oh, there's not going to be any type of you know, peace with with uh, with Israel and the, and the Palestinians or Israel and, and the Arabs because and what did he do? What did Trump do? He, he like you said. So foreign <laughs> policy has been changed, mm-hmm. and, and 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 now he gets no love for it. But see, here's the reason why I believe you mentioned why is it so hard for people for Christians to understand this because they're not they're not obeying, obeying the word of God. And and I'll say this: if I'll they know it in the first place, yeah. That, 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 thank you. Right there, it is right there. So you have some. You, I think there's a fraction 
of Christians, professing Christians, that just don't know. They're following tradition. Mm-hmm. And they want to just, you know, you know. I, I, Wait a I, minute, isn't that idolatry? Okay. Especially if you're if you're following what your family, how your family always voted, or whatever. Yeah, of course it is, and and that's what I'm saying. Is this whole idea of tradition, especially especially those in the black community, because to be black automatically the 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 the, the default is Democrat. Now there's a there's a remnant of black people rising up and saying, Wait a minute. Why, why, why are we voting for people that, I mean, I'm looking at my community, I'm seeing rats and, and, and I'm seeing crime and I'm seeing all this corruption going on. And, 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 but mama, you said that, daddy, you said that, so why I'm not, they pausing and they're thinking about this stuff. And so now you, you got to go against a tradition and a culture. But if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, your allegiance is to Christ. Your allegiance is not to your color. Your allegiance is to the Father, your heavenly Father. Your allegiance is not to your father and your mother here on earth. And Jesus said, "My brother, my brothers and sisters are those who do the will of the Father and obey it." Mm-hmm. That, that that's our true family, right? So so a lot of people don't take the Bible in the voting booth. That's the problem. Yes, they don't take the scriptures in, in the voting booth. And 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 notice it comes in, and you hear the responses that they make. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so to, to answer your question, so like for instance, like you had mentioned on your blog about uh, 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 Trump will win if Christians vote policy with personality. I agree with that, and this is why I'm, I'm highly upset with the, 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 the professing Christians who voted for Biden. Because how can you support a policy or support a platform that do not have? And listen, even if they're not Christian judges, you can at least be a moral judge. God has given us a conscience. We know what's right and wrong. So when I read Exodus 18, 21, or 22, the A clause, God says you shall appoint judges, you should appoint men as judges over your people who, who will judge fairly. Well, you got people, you got activist judges right now in, in the Supreme Court. Don't get me started on John Roberts. Don't oh, boy. Well, at least, uh, hey, the, the, the shining light is <sighs> Amy Coney Barrett. Praise God for that yeah, appointment. CB. Yeah. yeah, so you... So I, I call up, I call people like her and people like Justice Clarence Thomas. Yes. Uh, I call these people uh, constitutional hermeneutics. <laughs> these people, because they, that's a word, y'all can, y'all can use that one, constitutional exegetes. They, they, they're, 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 these are people that take the Constitution, the text of the Constitution, they interpret it in the way and in the sense that the, that the founders did. Well, don't that sound for me like we as Christians are supposed to do? We're supposed to take the Scriptures and interpret it in the meaning in which God, that he had inspired those who wrote what they wrote to say. We don't inject our view into the Word of God. So when we see constitutionalists and when we see people who are in the Supreme Court, we should support people that are being nominated to the highest court of the land on how they see the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Not as a quote unquote living document that just moves however we want it to move. No, this, this it's fixed. Period. It, it, you don't you don't change the text. And then also, this stuff affects the First Amendment. The scripture says that we're to open our mouth. Well, wait a minute, David, how can I open my mouth? How do I have the freedom of speech if I'm being silenced, if I'm being censored, if I'm being canceled, if I'm if my page is being taken down because I'm saying something that's true, but because big tech doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. See this stuff all all this stuff lines up. You mentioned about Israel, Genesis twelve three. Yes. People who are Christians, we should support the people of Israel. Amen. 
those, those are God's chosen people. I'm not trying to get into an eschatological debate, but bottom line is God chose Israel. God chose a nation. He says, if you bless them, I'm going to bless you. I really believe, David, that the United States, for right now, their allegiance to Israel and their commitment to that, to that nation is causing us to enjoy the freedoms and blessings that we have right now. We're not saying that what they do over there is always right. My goodness, what we do over here ain't right. Far from it. Yes. But God made a covenant with these people. He says, you honor them, I honor you. Then also, school choice. School. Mm. We mentioned Deuteronomy 6, 4, yep. 8. Read the Proverbs. I mean, Solomon says, my son, listen to me. He don't say, listen to the government. Listen to the world. Government is not the first line. Come on, man. The government <laughs> is not the first line of teaching defense. It's the parents. But parents, mothers, fa fathers, starting first with you. Men, if you don't know God, how can you teach them the ways of God? Hmm. And it shouldn't be the mother's responsibility solely to teach your children. She didn't have them by herself. So why are you leaving her by herself to raise your children? So it goes back to the responsibility of the fathers. It goes back to the responsibility of the, of the home. And fathers and mothers are not two men and two women. One man, one mother, one woman makes a mother and a father. We have to get back to the basics and what family means. But the world would say opposite, right? Yes. Borders. Borders. I mean, come on. Acts seventeen twenty six. Does, I mean, and, and notice, what we're, notice what we're doing, David. Notice what we're doing. We're giving Scripture to support our beliefs that, 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 that the Constitution provides comes from the canon of Scripture. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about open borders, we're not for open borders. We're for control borders. David, you have a, don't you have what they call, let me think about it, um, a door? <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't that door have like a, that little round thing or a little latch thing it's called a, a, a doorknob or a, a door handle and you have with that, that, that the little metal thing that you stick it's called keys <laughs> so if you i don't have a if i don't have a key to go into your uh domicile i am a trespasser why are why are we supporting or voting for politicians who do not give us protection at our borders but we want these people to provide us with health care, and they can't do either one. Mm. It's not the government's responsibility to provide health care. No. It's the government's responsibility to protect us. See, but you have Christians who don't know Scripture, right. who are going into the voting booth, supporting policies that are antithetical to the precepts of God's Word. God says the purpose of government is to punish evildoers and to praise those who do right. That's it. It's not to provide health care. It, it's, 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 it's not to give us, you know, free phones and all that kind of stuff. It's not. The purpose of government is to protect and to punish. That is it. Borders are there to show that there's a line of demarcation and there are laws in place. If you come over here, you have to come over here legally. But notice what, the, what, what most Democrats, or probably mostly the Democrat Party, is doing. They're trying to give illegal aliens free access so it causes them now to have voting rights. Mm -hmm. And notice what it does. It just broadens their party because well, if you're going to give me all this stuff, and these people are not saved, and if their minds are not changed by the time they start voting, then we're not going to have a country of law. We have a country of lawlessness.
Yes, one more minute, Seiko. Lawlessness. I'm glad you brought that up because that is definitely one of the deciding factors in a Donald Trump or a Joe Biden. And like I said, we don't know how the courts are going to play this whole thing out. We don't know if everything's going to be flipped on its head, if, if states are going to have to, some states, the swing states, are going to have to re-vote. I know there's recounts, I think, in a couple different states, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, or maybe Nevada. I've been hearing different reports, different things because the right. numbers keep changing. But I didn't get your take on COVID-19 quickly. We've got a minute. Um, how much did you, do you think that played into, I know the mail-in ballot fiasco, but the fear, the media campaign of fear and panic over COVID leading up to the election, how much do you think that impacted people? Did it affect people's votes? Much, much more than we ever imagined. Uh, I think that the COVID-19, the, although real and people's lives were lost over 200 plus thousand, was the biggest was the biggest scam mm. because it caused the, the mail-in ballots to be used as bait and wait to have what we're having going on right now in this yep. country, which is voter fraud and all this kind of stuff. So absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's these people, man, we're dealing with, we're dealing with spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm-hmm. Stuff, this stuff is not a game. We, people's lives and souls are being affected. Yes. Our country our country's being affected because of wicked people that are in office. And God says those who praise the wicked, it's, like a, it's an abomination. Those who praise the wicked is an abomination. We're not, to, we're not to support things that are wicked that are causing our country to fall. We, we should be thanking God for the privileges that we have and do everything we can to preserve it. Yes, we've got to wrap up right there on that wonderful note, Seiko. And you just said lives and souls are being affected. We need to pray harder, friends. Yeah. We need to really seek God, and we need wisdom and strength for whatever lays ahead of us. We know that God has us here for such a time as this. Seiko Woods, it went by so fast. Wish we had more time, but God bless you, brother. Thanks for being a part of the podcast today. Thanks for bringing me on. God bless you. All right. When we come back, we'll let you know what's on tap for the rest of the week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. All right, friends, remember that you can always email reports or stories you may have heard about voter irregularities or any fraud, questionable voting activity. Send your email to diane at votewrightwisconsin.com. I'm sorry, votewrightwi.com. And, of course, pray and call your state representative and make sure that uh, they're pursuing election integrity reform. Uh, We are going to either have Christ or chaos, liberty or liberalism, discipline or destruction, religious freedom or reprobate revolution, truth or tyranny. Tomorrow, you'll hear from Steve Smotherman, a pastor of Legacy Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We will do a show on critical race theory on Wednesday. Also, you'll hear from Pastor Dan Fisher, the black-robed regiment. Bring it back, Dan. That's Thursday. And then Friday, you'll hear from from Linda Harvey, Mission America. Thank you guys so much. As always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.